you want a life where the world comes to you rather than you having to go chase it down, even prostitute your gift to get a little bit in return, you want the world to come to you, and it's on your terms. This is the path. I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. Brandon Hawk is on the show today, and this is a very unique conversation. You'll know what I mean when we get started. Brandon had two dreams when he was growing up. One, play at Wimbledon, play tennis, and two, become a motivational speaker. So for number one, by age 14, he made the U.S. national team. He went on and he did play at Wimbledon. No big deal, right? And then eventually he also checked off that second goal. But there's a lot that happened in between. He just has this unique ability to really channel, you know, and and use that for business. So he's been extremely successful growing multi-million dollar companies, over 700% growth for one of his companies selling them. Um, He's been on a journey where he's studied the science of the mind and then taught that to large groups of people and eventually evolved into doing high-performance executive coaching. His story is extremely colorful. He ended up giving a TEDx talk and literally he shows up on the stage and says, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to say. And he just let it flow from there which I have not seen anyone really do before. So listen and learn to Brandon and keep an open mind if you can, please. Remember, he has a ton of success under his belt, both personally with personal development and business. He has a lot to share and his approach is different, as you will see. I'm grateful that he was able to join us. We tackle the most taboo topics on the Why Not Now show. Oftentimes, you're hearing guests share things they've never shared before. In the spirit of things we don't typically talk about, you should know that the Why Not Now show is supported by Poopery, the original before-you-go toilet spray. It's magic. My friends at Poopery have literally taken the smell out of you-know-what. This pure blend of essential oils stops bathroom odor before it begins. Visit poopery.com and Why Not Now listeners get 20% off with code Why Not Now. That's all one word. 
And you can hear the story about poopery in our interview with founder Susie Batiste. That's Why Not Now, episode 28. Poopery is also available at Bed Bath & Beyond. Brandon, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. It's a real, it's a real honor. Likewise. It's, it's an honor to have you on this show, and I can't wait to see what unfolds. In the spirit of getting started and hopping right in, can you tell me about a time when you had a big decision to make and you asked yourself, why not now? And we will talk it through. Great. And, and, and before I do that, I want to acknowledge I'm definitely feeling some fast energy inside of myself. And so I want to acknowledge that and, yeah, just give voice to that fast energy that I'm feeling of, of excitement. So, yeah, it's, it's with me right now. <laughs> Thank you for vocalizing. for me to create that acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. So that question, right, that question, why not now? What a, a beautiful question. And I do, I have that on a micro level. Uh, daily, right? And and also on a macro level, when I look back on my life, and I think the, uh, let's just talk macro on a big picture, one that comes up is, you know, about seven years ago, I, I knew very little about the coaching business, um, if anything. And I, I was living in Texas. I, I was uh, I was a senior pastor of a church and I had a school of transformation that was very successful. And uh, I was invited to this coaching conference in San Diego, and, and I'm from Texas, and, and, and literally knew nothing about coaching, but I did feel like, man, I need to go here. Like, like this is something that I need to step into. And so my wife and I went, and... Uh, we were staying at the lodge at Torrey Pines. I love to play golf. It's an amazing golf course there, Torrey Pines Golf Course. And I'm just thinking on the plane ride over, I'm like, well, I may just not go to this conference, and I'm just going to take a little vacation and just play golf. And and I, and, and, and I really kind of had that moment as we were flying, like, no, this person is doing what you want to be doing. You need, like, like go there, and you go there humbly (laughs) go there in a way where you are open and receptive and listening. And so I went there really with a, uh, the mind of a student, like I was just ready. And so I'm at this coaching conference and this individual, I knew nothing about selling coaching packages or anything like that. And he, you know, after the third day, he sells one, he's selling one of his coaching packages and it was one of his high end coaching packages to, to partner with him and to learn how to do what he is doing. And I just knew, you know, why not now? Like I needed to do this. You've got to remember I was a pastor. So I was, you know, I was making anywhere from, you know, 60 to to $80,000 at that time. And, and the package was $120,000 to partner with him and to, yeah, just be right with him on his journey and, you know, I did it and I knew it. And it was the first time, Amy, that I partnered with myself 
like I wanted everyone else to partner with me. And I hope your audience can hear that, and I hope everybody listening can hear that. I finally partnered with me like I wanted everyone else to. I wanted everyone else in my world to partner with me at an extravagant level, right? But I was unwilling to partner with me at an extravagant level. And I did it. I finally did it for me. And my wife and I, through some investments with my, my parents' company that we had, with, I have a company with my parents, and and we had some money saved up. We had uh, exactly $120,000 saved up to, to build our house, to build a house. And we, Jenny and I took that money, and we already owned the land and everything. We took that money that we were building our house with, and we put it into a coaching package. And I'll never forget sitting out there in the hot tub with Jenny after we signed up and said, this is what we're going to do. We felt like we had just, like, like we did it, like, like it's done. We, we have the title deed to a whole new level of abundance, to the new house. And within a year, I went from making sixty to $80,000 to to making $600,000 and then the next year 1.2 million coaching executives, uh, athletes, celebrities on self-love. And so, yeah, I mean, self-love, right? Making $1.2 million on self-love. And so that was one of my big moments, like, why not now? And it's, it was really about me partnering with myself in a way that I wanted the world to partner with me. And a realization that I hadn't, I'd nickeled and dimed myself and expected a lot from others, but wasn't willing to give myself what I wanted from everyone else. And so it was a huge learning lesson for me. And then also a huge catalyst and elevation. Yeah, that was, that's one of the, that's a big one. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a huge one. And it's, there's so many facets that I would love to dive in deeper, given your your journey and your background, and I, and maybe we shelve this for a minute because I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your journey, but one of the areas is this spiritual wealth and financial wealth and how you are able to have both, not feel like you had to give up one for the other, and in fact, one led, it feels like, potentially to the other, and you investing in yourself netted out in the biggest ROI for everyone spiritually and financially. So I do want to get into that, but maybe just bookmark it for a second because A, you mentioned you have a micro, why not now? And B, I want to know this voice that said no on the plane and how you, how we can all turn up the volume on the voice. And then of course your journey and just as a childhood too. So Start wherever you'd like. I won't forget. And interviewers are never supposed to ask three questions at once, so I just broke the rules. But I like how you broke all the rules there. It's very uh, on brand. Yeah, so I just have so many things. I appreciate you bringing the energy level to a little bit of a different cadence as well because I was feeling what if you're listening to this, what you didn't hear was when Brandon and I hopped on the call, my heart was racing because I knew it was getting ready for a big workout. Um, having only spoken with Brandon once before, but he's 
very special human being who has this ability to to connect and go straight in. So I was just ready for this, and then we had a few technical difficulties. So anyway, so the energy is it's finding its its flow. So where do you want to go with this? Where where do you want to go next? You know, I, I would I would love I could just feel that right there. I, I would love for 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 you and I and the audience just to like sink in right mm-hmm. here. You can feel the magic it's in the air, and just to sink into our hearts. Like let's 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 go in a little deeper, and just kind of like breathe into that space. There's so much power in that in 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 connecting with that field, that cardiac field. I know for me on a micro level, why not now is in the courage to lead with my heart and the courage to give voice to my heart. That right there, not not to bypass my heart for, for a deal, not to bypass my heart for performance, not to bypass my heart for production, but to Stay attuned to where I really am in the moment. That level of congruence, that level of integrity, that level of safety to my heart and my internal world is what is producing for me not just external success. That's easy. That's the that's the old game. That's an easy game. We all know how to do that and create success and go to the top. And if you got any kind of brain or talent, you can do that. It's about connected success now. How connected can we become in our success? And that is, for, for me, has been having the courage, having the courage not to abandon my heart to produce a result. You know, that shows up for me in having courageous conversations. Yeah, just being honest with how I'm feeling. Yeah, those kind of things in the moment, you know. If, if I'm at home with family, being willing to speak up and not stay in the family pattern of pain denial. If it's with my with my wife, who we've been together since we were 16, you know, and I'm thir- with, I'm 39, she's 38. Uh, a, a willingness to be fully open uh, with where we are, you know. Oh, those are those are those are the moments, right? Those are like whoa. Mm-hmm. Those are the power moments. Those moments where you feel like you could lose everything, but you gain it all in the moment of expression. To me, those are those are the moments and those are the people that I look up to that are willing to play that game. You know, my background as a professional athlete, I played in the U.S. Open when I was 17, went around in the main draw of the U.S. Open when I was 17. So I, I, I know the game of external success without being connected to my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's an even greater hell, you know. <laughs> yeah, and let's talk about that a little bit more, Brandon. You know, I've heard you say different versions of basically what you were doing was more important than how you felt at one point, and your the vision was more important than the visionary, and the hustle was more important than your heart. That transition and knowing that you have a process for transition I think is where a lot of us listening to this and and in this place are trying to trying to figure out where why not now to a lot of people may mean why not now start a business why not now do anything externally and 
it feels to me that oftentimes that can be a disguise for, if not always, what's really going on internally. Why not now, you know, flip it around? So talk to me a little bit about that for you. I think, you know, something that is so important to me before I take action, and, and I'm a, I, I believe in inspired action, not manic action. Those are two different ways to take action. There's a big manic action movement that's really just uh, escapism, and it's accept it's accepted escapism uh, in a perform for value world, and so manic action is really accepted because we live in a, a produce and perform for value society. But it is it is escapism at its at its finest. Uh, inspired action is is the game for me. And, and it's, it's an action that comes out of, out of inspiration, not desperation. It's so important for those out there that are wanting to take external action to ask themselves, what is the origination? What is the motivation behind this? Because that originating feeling that you start your action from is how that action will have to be sustained throughout the process. So if you're taking that out of hurt, you know, if you're taking an action out of hurt, I'm hurt, so I'm going to do this. Well, now you have just taken, you have just uh, ensured that, 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 that the process you're going to go through is going to be really painful mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's how it started. And I think it's so important to make sure, and, it, and for some it's out of lack, right? You, why do you have a lot of people that have made a lot of money, but they still feel like they don't have any money? It's because of how it started. And so a lot of times, you know, I work with highly successful individuals, very elite, some of the most elite on the planet. And we have to go back to that origination point and start anew from a feeling that they want to sustain and continue with throughout the rest of their life. And so that's a journey, right? That's a journey. There's, there's a real journey from lack to feeling provided for. There's a real journey from pain bondage to freedom. And for anybody that out there right now that's on a, a, a journey, right, a transition journey, I want you to hear that there's four stages of that transition that you're going to go through. And I, t- I take, uh, you know, I have products and, and take my clients, I take them on a journey from the head, from mental protectionism to the heart, to true heart connection. And that journey what I've seen, it, whether it's a journey from, from fear to love or head to the heart or just a, man, a journey in a business, a transition journey in a business from one vision to another. There's four distinct stages. Those distinct sta- stages are, first, it's the reveal, right? It's the great reveal. Oh, you didn't know what you didn't know, and now you know. Like, oh, my eyes are opened. It's like, this is amazing. Oh, this perspective is phenomenal. This is so... Oh, this new idea is, oh, it's bliss. This is what I've been looking for all of my life, right? It's that moment of review. Your eyes have been opened. And that's a really special season. There's a lot of, there's a lot of just newness and bliss and just, oh, it just feels so good. It's kind of like camp high, right? <laughs> uh, or conference high. You just, oh, this is great. I wish I could just live at this conference all day, every day. And so that's kind of like the first stage. There's this reveal, right? And then second, the second season 
when, when, when you're going through this process of transition, or I've called it people in transition, which you can play out to the pit, right, P-I-T. People in transition, uh, you know, reveal, and then you move into confrontation, confront. There's that right after reveal, then everything now is confronted. Have you ever been in a business where there was one leader and now there's a new leader or there's a new vision? And it's like everything in the past gets confronted by this new vision. And like, I thought this was supposed to be amazing. I thought this new guy was supposed to be awesome. I thought this new, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought the, the newness was supposed to be awesome. Now it actually, it sucks. This is awful. There's so much confrontation. There's so much disturbance. There's so much awkwardness. Everyone feels awkward. No one knows what to do. It's like on my journey from the head to the heart, right? It's like this confrontation season. Now everything is confronted that was built out of mental protectionism. Everything is confronted that was built out of fear. Oh, so that's that's like, oh, that's intense. That's very intense, that confrontation season. Maybe you're on a transition with your partner or with your spouse or like like that confrontation season is like, oh, it's intense. It gets worse, right, before it gets better. And so I, I love, if, if, if you're in that place of, man, it, everything feels awkward, everything's disturbed, it's just, oh, right, way to go. You're on the path. I know for me, you know, when you're in confrontation, especially if, 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 if you're a leader, there's a season of being a joke, right? There's a season of like, you're, you're kind of a joke. Like Brandon is a star athlete and he's this, uh, I mean, he was supposed to come in and build this amazing church. And, you know, there's, there's, a, I mean, there's only this many people here. And it's like, there's a season for me during my own deconstruction in my own journey where I had the experience of being a joke. So good for me. And that usually happens in that confrontation season. That's where I really had to come to a place within myself. Do I believe in this thing? Do I believe in me? And then, and then there's the third season, which is transform. And for those out there listening, transformation is, it means a marked change in physical or emotional appearance, right? It's like there is a marked change. And oftentimes the world can't see the change, but you know you've changed. Say you're shifting a culture and a company. Maybe the outside world hadn't seen it yet, or even the board of directors haven't seen it yet, but, but you know it's shifted. And this is where you start to really, when, when, when you enter into transform, when you have changed, this is maybe even tougher than the confronta- confrontation season, because what you're asked to do in transform is you're asked to prune the branch. And you finally have one piece of fruit that's like, oh, look, I've done it. Like, we've done it. We've got this one win and this one victory. And it's like, can you let everything else fall away? And then can you also prune the fruitful branch back? And then you're like, well, I would be left with nothing. I, I think I'm, I'm following in terms of what that literally would kind of a literal example be. You know, someone, I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday who they left their job. It was a very high-profile, fancy title. They're happy. They're becoming an entrepreneur. It's been, they've gone through, it feels like a lot of these stages and a lot of the people around them are no longer jiving or their friends. Does that mean what you mean by prune as far as? Oh yeah. And that's, it's tough to let, it's tough to let the branches that, that aren't in resonance anymore fall away, like friendships, employee, you know, like, can you really let those things 
fall away. I work with a lot of people that they, they hire their friends mm-hmm. so that they don't have to feel alone. And so can they let those relationships fall away, the ones that were built out of codependency? Do they really have the, oh, because it, it means you're just left with yourself. And then can they let that one branch, that one friendship or that one connection that's in full resonance, okay, we're going to build from this thing. We're going to build from it. And we're going to go all in on it. And that for me, you know, my transformer season was really like, okay, can I really like put all of my money into myself? Can I prune that branch back way? I mean, all of it, all of, all of what I've put together, like all of it for my house and my security. And shouldn't a good dad provide a home for his family and not spend it on a coaching package, right? Like I had to put it all on that moment. Yeah, all the way to zero. <laughs> and that, that was a practical example for me, really pruning back my fruitful branch. And, and yeah, yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful season because what happens in the transform season is you, you, you really start to create elevated connections. And you start to create real partnerships that are built around the new values. Yeah, yeah, it starts to get mm-hmm. really connected. And then the final stage is manifest. You start to manifest all of, all the things that you've seen. Uh, the culture starts to become real, and you start to manifest that culture. And, and, and you, move, you move into a place of being a teacher. You move into a place of, and I didn't say in transform, you become a threat. So the stages of all great leaders, right, it's joke, threat, teacher. And you start to threaten the establishment and transform. And and then in manifest, you become the teacher. You're a city set apart. Oh business is like, man, teach us how to do what you guys do. Teach us about how to, how to create a, a, a partnership and a marriage like you guys have. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you are digging this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It just takes a moment and it means a ton to us. Also, after recording more than 100 episodes, I've created a bit of a cheat sheet on the top five things I've learned from renegades and how they get from idea to action, from dreaming to doing. I will email you the downloadable PDF when you subscribe to my newsletter. Just head to amyjomartin.com and click on connect with me. Joke threat teacher. Oh my gosh. That's so it. That's, that's just, yeah. wow. Okay, Brandon, I'm super curious. You, well, first of all, can we talk about West Texas for a minute? Just a minute, because I think it's valuable for, for everyone to hear that you haven't always been the heart guy, right? Um, or maybe you have, but on the exterior you weren't. Because listening you know, to your TED Talk and hearing about your father was... It, a bull rider and your mom being the beauty queen. And it sounds like it was very much like my upbringing in rural Wyoming of there's some tough love. And how did you get it? Certainly from your story, we can understand some pieces for someone who has never been the inside heart person that is looking to move more toward that side of the spectrum what advice would you have for them if they're willing to explore and dabble a little more? I would say we've all been the heart person. We just lost it at a certain age. 
and I lost mine. I disconnected from my heart and my tenderness, you know, my, my emotions, my emotional depth at the age of nine. My dad, I'll never forget, I, I, you know, I struck out uh, or I popped, actually, I actually popped it up. And, and the catcher caught it in, 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 a, in a baseball game. Mm-hmm. And, and my dad was the first base coach. And I slammed my bat on the ground. I just started crying. Like every nine-year-old, you know, opening day, mm-hmm. first at bat. I mean, it was like all the emotion was built up. And I, I slammed my bat down and I started crying. And I walked by the first base coach, who's my dad. And he says, get dried up, Branny. Get your ass in the dugout. And what I heard was, man, my emotions are too much. And I just need to hit home runs. That's where I stopped. But before that, you know, I've, I'm deeply sensitive, um, very tender. And I think we all are. You mm-hmm. know, we all are. We all had that tenderness. But yet it was at, at a moment we, we learned to shut it off to produce and to perform for value and a little bit of love. And so... So yeah, I did not grow up in an environment that was conducive to emotional connection. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though I had great parents, right? I had parents that supported my dreams. I had parents, my dad worked hard for our family. I didn't ever worry about having a meal or a roof over my head. Very principled people. Uh, but that's even, for if, if, if you've grown up in that kind of world, it's even, it's even like a greater disguise, right? Because there's a lot of good that comes from it but there's also massive amount of aloneness. I felt, I felt deeply alone. You know, I've noticed with my clients, they either feel a deep aloneness or a deep rejection. Same thing, same coin, just different sides. Uh, for me, it was aloneness. I felt a deep aloneness. A lot of people always wanted to be around me, very charismatic, outgoing, but I felt very alone. To have that, right, that supported family, principled family, a lot of physical safety, but emotional connection was, was just not there. That chasm, that gap, to have a family that we could produce together but not feel together, that's not good enough for me anymore. So I have like seven places I would love to take this conversation and I'm trying to prioritize them. One is this kind of dynamic between spiritual wealth and financial wealth and your story and journey and and it sounds like you were very rooted in, well, obviously in religion, given what you did, and chose to make some changes. And just your point of view on the the relationship between spiritual and financial wealth would be really interesting to hear. I think amassing wealth is, is, is I mean, it's, it's not personal, right? If for someone who's living just based on the, the external we're going to take emotion out of it. We're going to take the heart out of it. We're going to take it, you know, amassing wealth is, is that to me can, can, can be done. If you're going to amass wealth in a way where you feel connected to your wealth, that's a whole different game. That's an inside out game, right? Versus an outside in game, the outside in mm-hmm. game of just amassing wealth. And maybe that'll feel good to me. <laughs> good luck. Uh, that's why, that's why I have, I have a successful coaching business from those people. The inside-out game is is the game where I want my internal wealth to produce my external wealth. That's a whole different commitment. But it is it is where, man, the money that I make now, I can feel it, right? 
and it's beautiful to be able to feel the success that I have now, not just the burden of success. I can actually feel the goodness of that success. And so there is there's a direct correlation between my now being on this path, this inside-out path of my internal wealth and external wealth. I actually do not want my external to exceed my internal, right? I, mm-hmm. I want those to be in congruence. And so that always puts the responsibility on me and what is happening inside of me. My external reality, I know, is a picture of my internal reality. I, I believe there's a direct correlation there. The internal wealth produces your external wealth. When you were on the plane flying to San Diego and considering taking a little break and just going golfing at Torrey Pines, I think it was, and then the voice said no, can you talk to me a little bit about that voice and how it surfaces in your life, what direction you take from it, and how you have been able to hone it? Yeah, the, the the great religion. A lot of you know the great religions of the world have different names for that voice. I really don't care what you call it. Uh, I call it that inner knowing, right? In one season of my life, I would have called it the Holy Spirit, but it's it's just a knowing. I know that uh, at that moment, it's funny. It, on planes, I, I'm very connected to that inner knowing. I think it's because of the hype. Uh, because the vibration is so much faster. But yeah, that, that inner knowing. Have you ever gotten on a plane and you just can't stop writing or journaling? Oh, all the time. It's one of my favorite things. Sometimes I just want to take trips just for that reason. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So that, that, that inner knowing is, is um, yeah, it, it, and I connect to it. It's just an inner knowing that happens right in, right in the middle of my chest. Uh, oftentimes as well in my stomach. I'm getting really connected to the inner knowing that's in my stomach. It was uh, it was that inner knowing in my chest almost, and, and it really was like a rebuke mm-hmm. in that moment, like, like, no. Did you feel that the inner knowing became and started to trump the traditional kind of and transcended the the religion and I'm using air quotes here because of what you were doing before and how did that that feel when you were reconciling that of like who's in charge here <laughs> Yeah that's right that the my relationship with my inner knowing started to trump my religion and that mm. caused some real problems <laughs> Whoa there's uh, a, and not, yeah. not just yeah not just my religion it, I mean, that was one of them, the, the the religion and the denomination that I was in, but also my 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 relationship with performance and my relationship with approval and, and all the addictions that I had uh, that were built around uh, my reputation, right? Uh, my addiction to approval, uh, external approval. That relationship started to really mess up a lot of my structures <laughs> the great de- the the great deconstruction yeah back to your transformation process i can only imagine the healthy tension and your inner knowing trumping your relationship with everything your religion your beliefs and wow it, 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 I want you to know it, this message is, uh, and, and for people that are really going for the from for the true inside out congruence, 
head to the heart, living from the inside out. It 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 is messy, you know. It's intense. It is not for the faint of heart because it goes after everything that's built out of mental protectionism. It goes after all of that. And and you know, my family, we had, you know, we we did church together. We had businesses together. Uh, we lived on the same block. Uh, I mean, it just there wasn't a stone that that didn't go unturned, especially around codependence. There's so much codependency within myself and my family that had to be addressed. Yeah, it was that 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 deconstruction. It cost me a lot, Amy. It cost me a lot. Like I know what it's like to to lose it all, but then I also know the, 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 the reward of gaining it all and gaining myself, gaining that relationship and connection with me. It feels fun, really fun to build from that, that place, that relationship with myself, that inner knowing, right? And letting the chips fall where they may. To me, this has become the priority. Why not now? Right. It, it trumps everything and easily other why not nows can be disguises for actually needing this. And stay with that right there. That that's like, I, I hope everyone heard that oftentimes those micro why not now, you know, those, those why not nows of doing this business or doing that or doing, you know, is a disguise for the bigger one. It is. And I think we, I think we flame that that disguise it, or we just fan it because of this romanticism around entrepreneurship and change. And it's it's easy to think that's the solution, that that's the holy, you know, grail or whatever. Um, so uh, full disclosure too to the listeners, I don't know if you're feeling this, but I just, I'm just nodding and my whole body is just like, yes, this is everything you're saying um, is – is resonating in a in a big way. A while back, Brandon and I had a session, and I had asked him to help out with. Um, he became highly recommended, and I had asked you, you know, can you help me kind of find my swagger again, my kind of renegade? I feel like I had lost it, and the process you took me through in being able to go through and into the pain, which. Everyone listening knows because I've shared that since in the interim and become quite forthcoming with parts of my story that I haven't ever shared. But that being said, could you maybe help us understand how you can use that pain in a way that isn't originating from a place of disconnection and you can actually use it um, for for good. No big yeah. deal. Well, just... Most people, I mean, <laughs> let's just talk about emotional pain, right? For a second. We, we do a lot of external things to avoid emotional pain, whether it's starting businesses or switching partners or, you know, there's a lot of things that happen to avoid our own emotional pain that is happening inside of us. In, in most of us in the West grow up in family cultures that pain, emotional pain is wrong or the enemy. And, and, I believe that emotional pain is not the enemy. It's the pain denial that is the enemy. Pain denial is the definition of suffering. So when you're not able to process your emotional pain, you live in this suffering, which most, most people in the West, I would say, live in this, this kind of uh, suffering. It's 
why we're so medicated, mm-hmm. right? There's this thing, and you can't quite put your finger on it, but everyone doesn't feel very good. And it's this, it's this trap of, of avoiding pain, emotional pain. I believe that the emotional pain is, is actually, oh, for me, it is, it is the, I call it the energy, right? It is the catalyst for inspired action. There's so much dormant energy in emotional pain. There's so much clarity in the emotional pain. There's so much power in, in the things that we've been avoiding and escaping. And, and the question is, what would it look like for you not to run or medicate when you feel something painful or the tension, but you to amplify the tension? What if you amplified it? What if you created a safe place for it? What if you were able to talk about it and be with it? From my experience and, and, and what I'm also what I take my clients through is that's where the magic is. That's where the power is. And so we ri- we call it riding the energy. We ride the energy into a place of of clarity and. You know, whether it be a knot in your stomach, right? Disease or those knots turn into tumors, turn into disease. And I'm really into taking those emotional traumas or those lower energies, those fears, and and really transmuting those into inspired action. And so I've found out the very thing that we've been running from and escaping from is actually our life force. It's the energy of elevation. I, I'm a big believer in just man. I'm 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 like okay. All right, I'm feeling I'm feeling tension in my chest. Great, it's it's not personal. It's like they're not wrong for that. This is me. I'm feeling it. Okay, I'm gonna be with it. I'm gonna create a safe place for it. I'm gonna listen. And I have a whole process that I go through to ride the energy. I have a, I have a gray areas, right? Being in gray areas relationally, being in gray areas with your life purpose, being in gray areas. Just uh, with your business, well, I don't know what we're doing, I got, you know, kind of that. Uh, uh, uh. All of that is just unprocessed emotional pain. It's stuck energy that's wanting wanting resolution. And remember, all emotional pain is looking for is resolution. And so when you have the ability to create an environment of res- internal resolution, oh, watch out, like watch out. Watch out for just the the health in your life, the abundance in your life. Uh, the extra energy, the extra power. You have the bravery to create resolution for emotional energy and emotion, especially emotional pain. You can feel those people, right? Those are the people you want. Like, here's what starts to happen. I can just speak from my own experience. You don't have to chase. You don't have to hustle. The world comes to you. If you want a life where the world comes to you rather than you having to go chase it down, even prostitute your gift, to get a little bit in return or have to give way beyond your capacity or live in manic action if you want the world to come to you where they respond to your vibration and it's on your terms, this is the path. And, you know, I know both sides. I'm a good hustler, but man, to now live from my heart and for the world to come to me, uh, that's, whoo, feels good to feel good, right? That's what we're all looking for. <laughs> it does. It does. And that's, who knew it would come through? Uh, who, who knew it would come through resolving emotional pain? Wow. And so a few rapid fire questions for you to to keep us on track for from a timing perspective, because I know you need to hop. All time favorite book. All time favorite book. Oh goodness, I'm a. I'll, that now that's a tough question. Probably the. Power of Imagination by Neville Goddard. 
a great one. Mm, awesome. What keeps you up at night? Uh, in a good way, or like, or are you talking like what? Just in general, what keeps me up at night? However you want to interpret. <laughs> what keeps me up at night? You know, <laughs> this is funny. I'm having this little problem with my with my right leg, like some nerve stuff from my tennis days. So that actually mm. keeps me up literally at night keeps on you a up. physical level. Fair enough. Keeps me up at night. Pirates or ninjas? Who's tougher, and why? Oh, pirates or ninjas? Oh man, I, I got I got a first first thought was ninjas. I mean, pirates have some grit, right? You know. They've got that salty grit, so there's some toughness there. On a physical level, they may have some toughness, but, I mean, that's got to break down at some point. So the ninja, like, to me is, like, that guy, he's stealthy. It's kind of eternal. Final question, Brandon. What advice would you give to your younger self? The, The advice that I would give is not to worry, not to spend time in worry, not to to worry about my future, that I'm okay and that I'm safe and I'm provided for and I'm protected. And even if it all goes away physically, I'm going to be okay. And so there's just really no need to worry. Thank you so much, Brandon, for sharing your time and your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now? Why not now?